welcome to the Wisdom Experience radio show and podcast. I'm Clay Lowe, and I'm here with my co-host, who always misses her cue. Uh, do you know what? It's because I always think you're going to say my co-host, Naomi, and introduce nah, me. Because I can't um, pronounce your name, so it's I always me. get you to do it. <laughs> oh. yeah. Okay, now I know. Great. So hello, everybody. It's Naomi Martell-Bundock here. Yeah, there you go. So for people who have been listening to the podcast for a while, uh, this is a different format, as you will be aware. And and as you, if you have been listening for a while, you'll know that we've been in that process of experimentation, experiment with different formats. One, I think, to make sure that everybody gets value out of it, that you as a listener gets value, we as a host and co-host get value out of it, um, and together all of us get value and grow. So we've been playing with different formats to see what works um, best for for all of us. Um, and if you are new, so if this is your first time listening, well, welcome and thanks for tuning in. Um, if you remember mm-hmm. or feel so inspired to, if you can just drop us a comment and let us know how you came across the show. Granted, if it wasn't myself or Naomi that invited you to the show. Um, okay, so um, essentially, I just wanted to just mention um, one of the inspirations for doing this kind of format. Um, I remember years ago when I first got into the whole sort of training and development, learning and development, personal development field, industry, um, there was a lady that I met in, she worked in London. And at the time, she was getting ready to leave her work to set up um, what she called Urban Calm. So she was going to make some some spa-type place that people in the city could come and get some calm in their day. So she was calling it Urban Calm. I don't even know how she's got, I should look her up and see how she ever got on with that. But it made me think about, um, creating something like that in a digital space, so a digital calm. So if you think of this radio show and podcast as your digital calm or calm, and I'll, and I'll, I also will say that the reason I'm saying radio show and podcast is because we will, as you are listening to, as you just came in, we'll be playing tunes throughout this, and that'll go out on the radio streamer. And then we'll release a podcast version of it as well, which will take out the music and just be centered on the talk. So hence the radio and podcast in the title. So, yeah. Um, Okay. I think that's enough for my intros. Did you have anything you wanted to add to that? No, I think Rob's about to say no and then obviously add something to it. So that's uh, an interesting in itself. Um, I, yeah, I think we've both enjoyed the podcast as it's been evolving and developing. And in some ways, I think we're both kind of going back to our roots. Um, and maybe going back to our roots is the wrong phrase. Maybe it's more of a we're really reconnecting with ourselves at a very centered place um, and hence the why we're looking to bring a bit of calm to our days and to share that with everybody else too outstanding okay so yeah so that's that's the setup and and that's what we would like to bring you definitely always interested in feedback to let us know um, especially if you've been listening for a while how what format you like and what you kind of connect with. So, um, something that's been on my mind uh, over the last little couple of days as we've been exchanging voxers, um, and you've kind of had a little bit of a time off to do the sort of school thingy off with the kids. Um, and I've taken that opportunity to use some of the space to uh, think about some of the things I'm about and what I'm up to and what I want to streamline into and that kind of thing. And um, one of the things that came to my space was a return back to body. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about mind, body, soul, connection, and kind of what that means 
from my perspective and would like to get your perspective as well in terms of what mind, body, and soul connection means. And I know that you and I are very similar, um, but at the same time that we're similar, um, we're different, almost kind of like the yin-yang thing. So and then we approach mm, this topic yeah. um, in different ways. Um, but I'll ask you first, um, when you think mind, body, soul, um, and the connection between the three, what does that spark in you? What, do you? what does it mean to you in the work that you do? Or not so much the work that you do, actually. If we, if we put aside work for a moment, um, mind, body, soul, connection, what does it mean to you personally? And how do you practice it or that connection? Well, I think that's a, a great question. And I think, you know, we're both in the self-development space, um, which does mean that there is a crossover between kind of, you know, what we what we think and how we act with ourselves, as well as then what we share and, and facilitate with other people. Um, but focusing on it for what it means to me, I did find it really interesting that actually we've both ended up kind of coming back to body, but as you say, in a very different way. And and I know we'll explore that in a little while. For me, the body is, it's kind of the, the base, it's the foundation. And the older I get, the more I realize that I need to look after my body. So if you think of the body as a vehicle, you know, like any vehicle. So, you know, think of your car that's maybe sat on your drive or in your garage right now. If you don't look after it, you know, what's going to happen? And the body is like that. You know, when you get it, when when your car is new, when your, your body is younger, things generally work fine. And then as you get older, you kind of notice that things maybe don't work in quite the same way. And you have to almost more actively look after your body. Different people, different things along the way. But for me, you know, I always thought of my body literally as a a workhorse. It was great. It did what I needed it to do. I could never understand why people stretched before exercise because it made no difference to me if I needed to run I'd run or if I was going to play rounders I'd play rounders um but then as I got kind of later into my 30s I would stretch I just didn't really understand it or connect with it and then I got into my 40s and started more to understand what I needed to do and I would notice for example that I had a bit of an achy sort of feel or a bit of a stiffness around my hips And, you know, I was taught a yoga stretch that really, really helped. And kind of from that bit by bit, I started to look after my mind, uh, sorry, started to look after my body and understand how that would set me up better for what I wanted to do with exercise. And then very much into my late 40s, I then made the connection that whatever I was going to do now would help my body into my 50s, 60s, 70s, and I'm likely to be here until I'm 100, I reckon. So it was, uh, actually, I need I need to build up my strength. I need to become more flexible. And I definitely need to get my heart rate up. All very, very standard things that we're taught. But it was that growing understanding and awareness of finding things that I enjoyed doing that would do one of those three things or or all of them if possible. And then when I look after my body, what I notice is that my mind is clearer. I find it easier to think. I find it easier to stay centered when maybe something uh, deeply emotional is happening around me. Um, And from there, then I can kind of connect with my soul, which is my driving passion or reason for being here. That's cool. And I was just wondering, uh, just because of the way you described it, it's it's just based off what you're saying, it feels like you're equating body with exercise. Um, So I don't know if you want to clarify that. Is that how you're looking at body as exercise? Yeah, 
I mean, you just kind of mentioned <laughs> that that was kind of the reason that you're working with body, as in it was younger mm, and, and, so and, and yeah. Because to be I, I, fair, that's probably the easiest way to go, ahead. go on. Sorry, no, no, go ahead. So, um, yeah, actually, that's interesting that I I started to talk about exercise because that really wasn't the the primary trigger for me the primary trigger was actually when I was much younger I started to have a lot of digestive issues and they started when I was 18 and really you know I've I've kind of I've gone through a very long healing exploratory journey um and it probably wasn't until in my 40s that I really started to understand how nutrition was making a difference to my body so I can talk about that in in much more depth if if we want to go there later but you're right and you know I as you say we've been trading message on on Voxer or having a conversation on Voxer is probably a more appropriate description and it's interesting that I've definitely been approaching the body certainly this time with a what I would say is a very yang approach I've been looking at exercise and I've been looking at nutrition um which is really curious and I, I wonder just how much of that is that subconscious saying, actually, I need to bring in that active energy to give me the balance with the more passive energy, if you like, or the, the yin, the more in flow that's, that I'm getting from my mind and my soul at the moment. Cool, yeah. Because uh, um, as I was approaching the sort of mind, body, soul bit from my point of view, it's it's and i'm going to say uh the sort of spiritual side of being so the whole being side so if you think of the connection um mind body soul and how are they connected uh they're one and the same aspect of each other and by what i mean by that is you know if you do something with your mind it affects your body if you work on your body it affects your mind and your soul if you working on the sort of soul or spirit aspect, it affects your mind and your body. So they they are intertwined in that way. Um, and if um, I'm thinking of it in its bigger sense of self and self-growth, self-development, um, or if you're a meditator, it's that how do I reach that space of enlightenment? So the mind-body-spirit connection is a route through to um, enlightenment. Some people choose to do um, sort of meditation, so find their way to that space. Some people, um, there's a number of movements out there that do the sort of somatic um, and dance. And I don't know if you've heard of five rhythms dance. So they use the body mm-hmm. as a as a journeying tool to the spirit, the soul, the center, to enlightenment. So they do it through literally dance, but not dance as in I'm learning the two-step or the... Um, you know, learning how to do the waltz or anything. So their body is in motion, it's moving. And through that movement, they make the connection um, with their self. So if you, and I know you do some of the shamanic stuff, but if you ever um, look at some of the uh, Native American rituals and and other tribes as well, look at some of the tribes in Africa and South America, um, they'll have a dance that they do. And that dance puts them in a trance and then that trance takes them to an altered state of consciousness. So they use their body to get to that space. Um, Likewise, you know, you could do it through the mind. You know, you talk about sort of philosophy and you're talking about spiritual philosophers and thinkers. They focus all their energy through the mind aspect so that it then they go through that same journey but they do it through mind. So that's what that's where I was coming from in terms of the mind-body connection. And then for me, when I say I was focusing on a body, it's not so much... So on the surface, when you look at it, it's exercise. Hey, he's moving the sandbag, he's swinging the kettlebell, or he's lifting weights on the bench. So that's what, if I'm a third person looking at me, observing me, that's what they see. But my mental state is in a different place. So I, um, you know, as you saw on um, on WhatsApp, all my little apparatuses they have names. So I'm interacting 
but Hector, who is my one of my kettlebells, and then Achilles is on order. <laughs> um, but okay, <laughs> yeah. And so you know, when I approach the kettlebell, I start picking up a piece of iron. I actually connect with the kettlebell, and then I center myself, and then I start in the motion. So the that act or that ritual of that connection with that piece of equipment is connecting with myself. Um, and the kettlebell becomes a reflection of me, my inner world. Uh, and so my interaction with that is an interaction with my inner self. Uh, same for when I'm, you know, doing the bench press. Um, again, everything I do, I focus, or the breathing gets focused in the right way. I'm focusing uh, much like you do in meditation where you, or sometimes some types of meditation where you pick a spot and you look at it. When I'm benching, I'll pick a spot in the ceiling and I'm staring at it. I'm not actually focused on the weight at all. Um, the intent is to move my being to that spot in the ceiling. And and with that, I have mm. to concentrate enough energy, you know, and I think in the clip I showed you, I was sort of benching 180 kilos on that. Um and is and I, and you have to be focused. If you think that's a, a lot of weight, if my mind is elsewhere, I'm never going to get that thing off the bar, uh, off the bench. Um, if my mind is elsewhere, mm. um, you know, if I could do normally do five reps, if my mind is elsewhere, suddenly I'm only can do one, and I'm weaker. And I remember reading. Um, I can't even remember what the book it was, but anyway, he was saying, well, you know, if yesterday you benched 180 AO and then it's Thursday, it's only a day later and you can't bench it, the only physically you haven't actually changed. There's something going on in your mind and here's this, this mind-body connection again, so strength of body, power of mind. So you haven't fundamentally changed. You had a day of rest and now you're back at it, but if your mind isn't right, if you haven't centered yourself, if you're not focused, suddenly the weight seems heavier and you can't do it. And then you can spiral. This is a cool thing. Again, if you look at these activities as uh, your reflections of your inner self, um, it's easy to spiral. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can't get this thing up and it's heavy and then start going into this big spiral about, you know, you know suck, I'm tired, I'm this and that. And, you, and then, then there's no way that it's happening. Um, so it's a good time to you know, make yourself pause, or I make myself pause to say, okay, well, well, one, what's going on here? What's the what's the quality of my inner self? Um, and then regaining control of that, or recentering that, or re um, redirecting the energy to a space that I need it to be in order to do what I need to do. And another way, um, in terms of body, like you know, I like um, mountain climbing. Um, and again, surface, you're just out a dude out climbing a mountain, but it's so much more than that. It's a complete other journey. When I do the ascent program, you know, the mountain literally just acts as a metaphor. Um, but because mm. it's physical, because you can't disconnect your mind and your spirit from each other and your body, the way people respond to the mountain gives you a sense or gives you a direct sense of what's going on in their mind um, and what they're focusing on. And and you can get a good sense of their state of their mind by how they interact with the mountain. So that's why I use that mountain as a metaphor for their particular goal and that kind of stuff. And, um, and we can learn so much through that. Um, connection. Now, there's a couple of guys, and you mentioned about like nutrition and um, some other bits. And I'm just thinking of two people came to mind uh, from that. And one is Jurjeev, and I might be pronouncing that wrong. Um, and he was he kind of mentioned there's a sort of three components, com traditional components. I think Yogi was one, but I mean there were physical. There were things that. Um, it was mind, body, spirit, basically, but he has some different names for it. But you have to break these different models in order to make this connection, new connection with self. Um, and then the other guy, which is a recent writer, I don't know if you 
read any of his stuff. Um, I'm just looking at my Kindle right now. So I've just seen his name, and quite new to me. But again, he was a big person around this, um, like you can see the state of mind of a person, again, from your you know, your diet or the reaction to your guts and all that kind of stuff is a reflection of your mind and what's going on inside your head. Um, and then again, you can make changes to one aspect that then affects the others. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I was coming from, uh, from my point of view with mind, body, um, and soul. Strength. Strength well, is true. I truth. am so curious. <laughs> I want to know this guy's name. Exactly. So um, um, I, I love what you're saying. And actually that point of of checking in and connecting with, so what's the quality of my mind here? And doing that through the body is, it's, it's almost, well, I, I often think it's a very good first step for people to take who are entering the sort of the realm of mind, body and spirit. Because I think, uh, or mind, body, and soul, you know, I think if you come in through the mind, you can get stuck in the mind, you get stuck in the feeling of your thinking, you go round and round and round. Um, I think if you come in kind of from the soul or, or spirit, as some people um, call it, and maybe one day we'll talk about the difference between the two, but I think if you do that, then you can become very ungrounded and actually you can end up really not looking after yourself. But the body, brings you home the body you're right it reflects on uh, about what's going on for you and one of the the things that I often do just to reconnect and, and I teach my clients to do as well is to have a bath or a shower but ideally a bath which most of my clients who tend to be uh, perfectionists they tend to have high standards they tend to be very um sort of high achievers and they drive themselves but they will never recognize their achievements so having a bath is something that they they kind of it's an anathema to them because they couldn't sit still they couldn't lie in the bath and do nothing uh, on a regular basis um so it's about teaching them to to be in the bath to use the water to start to reconnect with their body and then afterwards is just to get some you know, simple body lotion or some really luxurious body lotion, it really doesn't matter what, and to slowly put it on. And I actually found for myself, it was when I found oils, body oils, that I started to really re kind of refeel that touch, that sense of touch, but touching my own skin. Um, and as I'm doing this, of course, we are recording audio, but, you know, I'm it's as if I'm putting hand cream on. It's as if I'm putting it on my arm. And that sense of touch is quite alien to a lot of people. And it's if we don't touch, if we don't connect with ourselves, then how can we really feel what we need? Yeah. And I think it's, it's great rituals, isn't it? To, you know, doing the lotions and the breathing and the touch and, um, I'm working on a piece today about uh, anchors and um, how you can, you know, affect your mental state or change your emotional state um, through a smell or a sound or a touch or a taste or or um, something that you see. Um, and then some of these anchors or these processes are, are you know, like lighting a candle before meditation. It's a great anchor mm -hmm. to get your, mm -hmm. to signal to your being, your body, that, oh, it's time to get ready to meditate. And then your body starts to make its little micro-adjustment because it, the software that you've put in the program says, you know, when you light this candle with this kind of smell to it, that means to start to relax. Um, and then suddenly you find mm -hmm. that you can get yourself into these these states a lot faster um, by doing these rituals because, yeah, your body says, okay, it's this time and it starts to make the adjustments that um, it needs to make. I think that was uh, a good exploration of mind, body and soul or spirit connection. I know there's a difference between the two, um, but a lot of times they can be easily interchanged with each other, but I think they do have a as you say, maybe in another episode we can um, talk about the distinction or what the distinction some people draw 
um, between those two um, terms. So um, I guess now, thinking about something you said to me earlier today, this morning, about um, a beginning, middle, and end. Um, and I know, you know, storytelling, so beginnings, middles, and ends are a huge model for us as humans. Um, we're a storytelling animal. Um, and if you study any of the, the Greek literature, um, Aristotle in particular, and dramatics, and you'll know that the classic story is three parts, beginning, middle, and end. And you know, if you ever if you're ever watching a TV program or looking at a movie or listening to a piece of music and and you have trouble connecting to it or you think it's awful or something along those lines, um, one of the things is that gets in the way some is the structure. Um, and whether it has a satisfying beginning, middle, and an end. But this isn't a, a podcast about storytelling <laughs> today. Um, but I was mm-hmm. curious about um, this beginning, middle, and end. Because I know you've been, um, you know, off journeying um, in your, or in, in, you know, yeah, in your next evolution of where you're headed to. And so um, you, you talked about, beginning, middles, and and so just talk about that cycle for me. Sure. So this kind of came about because a lot of of my personal self-development has been about my energy. And actually this links with what I was saying before about nutrition. And when I was in my 20s, I used to find that I was really debilitated, really exhausted, and not able to um, to function the, the way that I wanted to. Um, and then as I got older, and particularly once I'd had children, you know, I could push through, I could push through, I could push through, and then I would just kind of keel over. And then it got worse, and I couldn't even think clearly or straight. And lots of people nowadays talk about brain fog, and a lot of this is is much more kind of out there now. But you know, this was something that I struggled with on my own for many years. And I, along the way, did a lot of learning and training um, and help a lot of people even now with stress management, which is essentially what it was all about. And that's kind of from the, the if you like, the physical energy point of view. So, so I guess from the, the body point of view, or what you can physically do. How that affected my mind was really interesting. And I started to realize that kind of every day has different parts to it. So I'd wake up in the morning and I'd have energy first thing in the morning. But then, you know, kind of by the afternoon, I was kind of ready to go to sleep. So I'd gone through a cycle um, kind of already. But then come nine o'clock at night, I was awake again. But it wasn't quite bedtime. And and I started to play with this. And and then I started to expand it from just a daily point of view to what I was doing. And, you know, a lot of us, when we are in daily life, we can look at our lives and kind of say, you know what, we're just in the mundane doing. We get up, we feed the kids, we get them to school. um, We, you know, we feed them, we clothe them, we wash them. And there isn't very much time left for ourselves, but it feels like every day is the same. And that would be essentially sort of the middle. If you go right back to when you first had a baby, for many people, and I appreciate that my own start to having children was different to many people, but many people, you have a baby, you bring it home from hospital, everybody's excited about the baby, it's a new life. It holds so much promise. And although as a new mum, you might be tired, you kind of almost have this bubble of love to get you through. I am very aware that that is not everybody's situation. It certainly wasn't mine. And then you get into this kind of this this mill of life. And then kind of as things come to the end, you know, actually an end is really, it's just a change. So children going from primary school to secondary school is a change 
who might have had to take them every day to, to primary school, uh, but when they go to secondary school, they get on a bus. Suddenly, for me, I certainly had a release of energy. I had more energy because actually my children were out of the house. I didn't have to physically be anywhere to go and pick them up. It was great. And, and so all of these things made me sort of sit back. And, and what I then you know, was talking to you about earlier on was it's a bit like having the, the hero's journey every day. And if you're stuck in the, the early days of a project or the beginning part of a project, or if everything in your life is in the early days, if you're in a new relationship, if you started a new job, if you're buying a house, they're all really, really exciting things. But they're also really quite high adrenaline fueled. So oomph, you might have that, go get them. But if you're only ever stuck in the beginnings of things, you can actually really deplete your energy quite quickly and particularly the older you get if you're only ever stuck in the middle of doing things and you're never reflecting how does this need to change should I still be doing this you know basically do I can continue living my life this way or is there something different that I could be doing here then that can be quite draining in itself because you're just doing the same thing every day now, I'm a big believer that routine is good, providing it doesn't stifle you. So it's about finding a structure that supports, but doesn't stifle you. And that will flex and change as you go through life. And as different things are at different stages. And then coming to the ends of things is a really challenging thing for a lot of people. You know, how do you say no? How do you walk away from something you've invested in? And that, again, takes a real focus of energy as to why am I ready to finish with this now, whatever this may be. Like I say, it might be a work project, um, which is often quite easier, unless it's actually that you're choosing to leave a job, unless there's a positive motivation behind that. Um, if it's a relationship, then there's a lot of emotion. Uh, if it's selling and buying a house, then you're mixing an end with a beginning, which of course is what always happens. But what I'm trying to say through all of that is it's about understanding what's your energy flow and where are you expending a lot of energy? And is that supporting you? Yeah, that's um, interesting. Um, it just makes me think about the fact that, well, everything is a cycle. There's a cycle to life. So if you look at it from a the big picture view, as you were describing it there, there's the, the whole rhythm of life. Um, and there's a circle to that. And in fact, I'll say some more in a minute, but you made me remember an old um, riddle that the Finx, 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 the Phoenix, um, who in Greek mythology, she had the, was telling his riddle, and if you didn't solve the riddle, and you got eaten by the Phoenix. And the riddle was this. Um, what walks on four legs in the morning, two legs in the afternoon, and three legs in the evening? Do you know the answer? Uh, I want to say it's a human. Yeah, that's um, it. That's it. That's it. So exactly. You crawl so. when you're a baby, or yeah. when you're an adult, and you might need a stick when you're. When in your old age. In your old age, so yeah. So yeah, again, great. Yeah. I like that. So, so from a big point of view, <laughs> that is a cycle. Um, and I think this is where Aristotle and others, I'm just saying Aristotle because I know he you know, wondered if you study storytelling and drama, um, that name will come up. You'll most definitely study his work on dramatics. Um, but because he noticed this pattern in life, the beginning, middle, end, um, again, the Greeks were famous at noticing things and then investigating and saying, okay, well, how does this work and how does it apply to everything else? Um, so, yeah, you've got this big cycle. Um, and then, But then that cycle um, replicates itself in the, in the micro. So if you were talking about the macro and the big, it replicates itself in the micro. So, yeah, relationship, you got a beginning, everybody's all elated and happy. Then there's a middle ground. Um, where you stabilize, um, and then sometimes, and I think maybe, and again, this is maybe a subject for an, another episode, perhaps. Um, you know, we we have a concept that you're supposed to be with the same person the whole of your life cycle, but that 
doesn't go necessarily in accordance with nature. You know, everything has its end, um, and that includes relationships. And some come to a natural end, some get to a forced end, but, you know, it also um, follows the pattern as well, and your relationship with another person follows that beginning, middle, and end kind of um, a, a pattern. Um, and so, yeah, you, you learn to see these cycles in, in just in everything that you do, um, these beginnings mm. and middles. And even this podcast has a beginning. We did the intro and that sort of set up. We're into the middle ground here. Get ready to go into another song set. Then we'll be coming towards the end game. Or if you've um, been watching the latest craze on uh, Netflix, the Queen's Gambit, so same just in the game of chess. You have the opening game, you have the middle game, and then you know all, and then you got the end game, which is important. And the things that you do in the beginning will have its consequences um, at the in the end game. So quality of your decision making. Um, in that process um, has an, a knock-on effect in all of um, your cycles. And I suppose, thinking about your bit on the um, the the macro and life itself, so what do you do in these middle grounds? So if you're middle age, and I never really, never really cottoned on to what that term really meant, being middle-aged. Um, and it, and I guess when I was younger, I equated middle age with just being old, but it's actually not old. It's, it's as the term says, it's middle age, and then you go into old. Um, but you can get stagnant in that middle age, you know. And when you're mm-hmm. in the beginning phases, and you're you know up into your sort of twenties, things are exciting, new. You're building a career. You're doing all those kinds of things. Um, then you get this middle ground where you you know you've done a load of stuff. Um, you're not old yet, so it's not time to retire, but you're just in this middle space. And it's like, especially when you get to a place where, you know, you're, you know, like me, like my kids are grown, they're gone, they're out. So I don't have to worry about looking after kids or dropping them anywhere. Um, so there's, there's, you know, there's not that, um, I'm not at retirement age, um, and, you know, yeah, and I'm not a teenager, so, you know, we're right in this middle ground. Um, and, you know, what do you do with that, that, that space and that time? And how do you keep things fresh, for, life fresh for yourself? And I think I mentioned to you ages ago, like, you know, climbing mountains. You know, I've climbed loads of mountains, jumped out of planes. I've done so many things that there was a point in my brain that says okay well now what? I can go climb another mountain but in the end it's still a mountain and I've climbed loads of mountains and I've, you know I've done all these things so everything comes to be more it's just more of the same it's no different it might be with different people or it might be a different lo- geographical location but when you look at the the underlying basic thing where you strip away all the you know, the, okay, it's in North America, not South America, you know, strip that away, it's still a flipping mountain. Um, And you go up it and you come back down it. Uh, And if you've done it a thousand times, it's like, okay, well, how, 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 how? And and I don't know, yeah, there's this, um, and some people get lost in that space, don't they? They turn to maybe doing more extreme stuff, maybe start doing more drugs, might do, you know, looking for bigger and bigger highs. Um, and, and yeah, just trying to get that next fix. And again, I think it's, you know, how you deal with that middle space. So, you know, do you turn to mindfulness? Do you turn to meditation? Do you turn to inner journeying um, as the sort of last frontier uh, to be explored? And I was going to say conquered, but I know all my meditation, mindfulness, yoga people listening to this will be like, oh. um, but yeah, conquer, that's very um um, that's very yang. That's very that's very warrior like. <laughs> Conquer it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, then you can you know you turn to that space and and then and and I won't I won't go too far down this rabbit hole because I just wonder if we come up with as a species that we create like 
the spirituality and, and, and that journey to enlightenment and all of that to give us some reason to live because without that and without having some feel like there's some purpose to um, life that will we then just give up on life if there doesn't seem to be uh, a purpose beyond doing, as you say, the functional life where, you know, you get up, you do your thing, and then you do the same thing the next day. I think most people listening to this, or most people, you know, what's the difference in, you know, yesterday, today, and tomorrow in most people's lives? It's pretty much the same. Yeah, you got a little bit of um, things that might go a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, but it's essentially the same. You're going to get up and you have the same ritual and you're going to eat breakfast or have your protein drink and you're probably going to have lunch or if you skip lunch. And you know, so basically you're probably going to get up, you're going to get cleaned, you're going to eat some food, you're going to do some work, you're going to have some more food, you're going to do some more work, you're going to, and then you're going to relax in the evening with your spouse or however you guys relax, but you're going to repeat that pattern uh, for a long time. So, yeah, you know, you do have a very, mm. it is very functional. It's got some nuances to it, but it, again, if you strip away um, the, the eye candy bit, it's the same thing. Um, and then the question is in that middle ground for me, it's like, yeah, how do you keep, how do you keep things fresh and alive in the, uh, middle ground. I think we've reached a point in the show where we just wanted to um, slow things down just a tiny bit more. Not that we haven't slowed it down enough for you, <laughs> and do a little reflection piece. Now, I believe you've got a, a a piece of reading you're going to do for us, Naomi, and then we can reflect on it after you've read it and, and encourage the people listening mm-hmm. to do the same. So. This is a novel and it's a book that one of my closest friends bought for me a few years ago for my birthday. Um, when she bought it for me, and my, my friend is uh, extremely intelligent um, and intellectual, and I, I wasn't actually in the, if I say in the greatest space, um, by which I mean I was, I was actually okay kind of existing day to day but I didn't have much more to me and I opened the book and maybe it was because I know that she is highly intelligent and into her literature but but I just couldn't focus I couldn't get into the book I just felt um for want of a better term almost a a bit of a failure which is is really interesting because I've always loved my literature but that's part of a much bigger piece and I do that as sort of a bit of a, a setting of the scene and then Last Saturday, I was sitting on our sofa, just taking a moment. And as I was just sitting there taking a moment, I checked in with myself and paused and decided I was going to read a book. And I went and picked this one off my shelf. And it's called My Brilliant Friend by a novelist called Elena Ferranti, and hopefully I've pronounced that okay. So this is also a story about two, and originally you think it's about two friends, and in fact the book itself is from one of Italy's most acclaimed authors comes this ravishing and generous-hearted novel about a friendship that lasts a lifetime. But I've now read, I don't know, maybe 50, 60 pages in the book, and I'm not entirely sure that the word friendship is a great descriptor. But here's a paragraph that I read, and I had to stop afterwards and really contemplate what it might mean. Already then, there was something that kept me from abandoning her. I didn't know her well. We'd never spoken to each other, although we were constantly competing, in class and outside it. But in a confused way, I felt that if I ran away with the others, I would leave her with something of mine that she would never give back. When you, what made you stop and what did you think about 
when you reflected on that paragraph? So, good question. And and it's kind of curious because, of course, I've read the book, so I have some background kind of information and insight. Um, but that one, there was, there was just something about it. You know, it, essentially, these two competitors, in a way, were intertwined with each other but yet didn't really know each other. But it was that last bit that, in a confused way, I felt that if I ran away with the others as in the other children, I would leave her with something of mine that she would never give back. And that hints to something, well, let's go back to body, mind and spirit. It's not about something physical. Um, And the competition that's referred to was very much about mental competition. So whether it was times tables or spelling or grammar or what have you. But this, to me, was a, a, a this light, and it just ever such a light hint that it was as if she would leave her with a piece of her soul and she would never get it back. I want to transition to something we haven't done ever on the podcast before. Um, and this is, and I don't, and you know what, and I'm not necessarily a huge um, gratitude practitioner. So it's not something that I have a regular, um, like, ritual of doing. Like some people, you know, the end of the day, they they write in a journal three things that they're grateful for. Um, And and that's never been a ritual of mine. I mean, I've done it in practice, um, but it's not a steady ritual. But I thought it would be interesting to uh, add that as a, as a way for people listening, want to uh, take a few minutes to um, just as you have, you know, winding out of this podcast, out of the show, um, of just to kind of silently reflect on three things that you're um, grateful for. And um, yeah, so um, the three things that I'm grateful for that I thought about as we were going through here is one is uh, tech, grateful for uh, technology and the fact that um, we can do a radio show um, and and you know before we would have to work for BBC or somebody else and uh, you know but we can make our own radio show um, via the means of tech um, we can make a radio show not only um, make one but we're in two different locations and we're making one so just grateful for tech and where tech has uh, moved it to, uh, grateful for um, the results of um, the election in the U.S. and how that turned out. I'm hoping that um, the transition of power doesn't get too crazy and things get you know way out of control and hopefully the, the two sides of that dichotomy can begin to come back and be uh, one as opposed to being divided and getting more divided. Um, and then just grateful for, I don't know, just life, <laughs> you know, considering we're in a global pandemic and all sorts of other things are, you know, it's just a crazy old time. So just grateful for um, life in general. How about yourself? Okay. So um, I am grateful for the freedom to be able to explore and experiment and and do things like podcasts you know I mean you and I've been talking about this and we've obviously tried out a few things over the years um but it is it's it's just a really great space to try something that's very different and the more we do it actually the more I become committed to it so that beginning, middle and end thing, you know, the thought of doing a podcast used to terrify me. Um, well, I don't think we're quite into the middle yet, but I do think we're kind of finding a groove together, which is lovely. Related to that, I am absolutely completely grateful to you for handling all of the technical side, uh, even talking me through how to reset my microphone when it does something odd. And as you say, and we're in two different locations and your patience with me about that, because it means that I don't have to think about the technical side. It means I don't have to 
post anything or create websites or do anything with something called an equalizer, which sounds like I should know all about it, but it's technical, so I don't. So I'm really grateful because what you allow me to do is actually be in flow. You allow me for my creativity to, to be present. And third thing, and this is really funny because as you pause, I was thinking, well, I'm just really grateful for life. And then you said it, so I'm, I'm going to go with the same thing. I am really grateful for life. You know, it has ups and it has downs. It has twists and it has turns. We go down rabbit holes, we climb trees and mountains. Um, but I used to wake up every day as a kid and I loved life. I literally, I would wake up and I would just think, oh my gosh, I love life. What's going to happen today? That anticipation, that excitement. And the fact that I'm now in my 50s and feeling the same, you know, even though I've gone through all of those twists and turns along the way, it's just a lovely, wonderful and really exciting and joyful feeling to have. Outstanding. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Thanks for sharing. Um, and I think that we're going to bring the show to a close now. Uh, I'd like to hear from the listeners if you want to let us know what you think of the format. Um, it's a long, it's going to be longer than the people that have been around have been used to, but hopefully, um, because of the nature of it and the nature of the music, you're able to listen to it and you'll have to listen to it all in one go, or you could do. Um, I do another radio show um, that goes out on a Monday and people can't start their day of work until they get the show. So I'm under pressure to get it out to make sure it's ready for the morning because they need to work to it. Um, so, yeah, just let us know what you think of the format and uh, that that respect and one of the things that i'll just give a hint to of the future as we as we find our feet with the format is we'll be looking to do the show live and by doing it live that means you can listen as we go and it'll have a chat function to it so you'll be welcome to join us and chat with us as we're doing the show um you can make music requests in terms of mellow music. No no heavy metal. That's my other show. <laughs> and, yeah, and then, you know, again, if you like this, the main thing, the thing that helps us to, to grow or and the thing that helps us um, carry on uh, from week to week is if you're showing um, appreciation for by doing a like or a share or a comment, um, and let other people know that the show exists. It'd be fantastic. Thank you for holding this, for creating it. And thanks to you, you, you know, those of you who are listening. And I really hope that you have found something of value in today. And I've really enjoyed being part of it. <laughs>